0: Four graduate students from the sculpture program in Indiana University's Department of Studio Art have been working all summer creating artworks that are being installed in an abandoned house in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Inside, Outside is a showcase of the work of Amelia Volweiler-Stanley, the team of Dan Werner and Kate Burnett, James Kidd, and Matthew Falvey. They are among the 1,473 artists showing at 171 venues in Grand Rapids from September 21st through October 9th and competing for $500,000 at Art Prize 2016. In a recent presentation, Anne Surak of Exhibit Columbus explained this juggernaut of the art world. Art Prize is an independently organized international art competition that takes over the city of Grand Rapids, Michigan for 19 days every fall. Entering its eighth year, Art Prize is recognized as the most attended public art event on the planet, according to the art newspaper, and was recently highlighted in the New York Times 52 places to go in 2016. Around 400,000 attendees descend upon three square miles of downtown Grand Rapids every year, where anyone can find a voice in the conversation about what is art and why it matters.
1: The problem with contemporary art in our current moment is that art is just way too easy to ignore.
0: Kevin Beist is the director of exhibitions for Art Prize.
1: There's really no reason that people have to pay attention to it. It's not normally a part of a national conversation. So at least for two and a half weeks in our city, we decided to make art impossible to ignore. It just sort of permeates everything and people are more or less forced to confront it.
2: I think it's hard to ignore the 15 foot <laughs> inflatable sculptures coming out of four sides of a two story house.
0: <laughs> Dan Werner is one of four grad students from IU's Department of Studio Art creating work for this year's Art Prize competition. Along with his wife and artistic partner, Kate Burnett, Dan has created an installation for an abandoned house in a rundown neighborhood in Grand Rapids.
2: So these are like 15 foot large inflatable sculptures of um, the busts of North American animals. And there's four of them they will come out from each side of the house, kind of like a compass star, towering over the neighborhood, hopefully looking really like somewhere between a float or a lantern or a a beacon. And then at night, we'll light them up from the inside. Then during the day, there'll be these kind of ghostly forms.
0: Werner and his IU sculpture colleagues have used the dilapidated house in the Rumsey Street neighborhood as their canvas. Art Prize is known for its unorthodox venues, as Kevin Beist explains.
1: Some of these places are what you would expect uh, art museum, galleries, independent curators taking over a warehouse space temporarily. But there's also a whole lot of other venues, including things like city parks, churches, people's front yards, bank lobbies, um, restaurants, an insurance company, an auto repair shop. We've had a laundromat, like um, almost anything that you can imagine, that's in this uh, three-square-mile area of downtown. Uh, if they want to, they can sign up and, and host artists for Art Prize.
0: One of the groups that has consistently found venues for artists to use during Art Prize and beyond is Site Lab. For the last two years, the all-volunteer group, which organizes site-specific art projects in Grand Rapids has partnered with Habitat for Humanity to make use of a group of 10 buildings on a city block just south of downtown that have been condemned. SiteLab has awarded one of these Rumsey Street project houses to the IU sculptors to use for art prize. In 2017, Habitat will raise the structures and construct low-income housing there. In the meantime, The artists have moved in.
3: There's how many artists? Maybe 20 different artists. They've moved houses off the foundation to a different location. They're cutting a huge wedge into a home. They've tore a roof off and connected. So there's really some crazy projects going on.
0: IU MFA sculptor James Kidd has got his own crazy project going on. He's working in the same Rumsey Street house, from whose windows colleague Dan Werner is projecting his giant inflatable bear and moose heads. In Kid's installation, multiple downspouts emerge through the exterior wall of the old clappered house and extend up into the air.
3: And it's done in a chaotic arrangement.
0: You've got, I guess, pieces of gutter at the top, right? Correct. That are praying Mm -hmm. to the rain gods.
3: Yeah, they almost are presented as hands raised to the sky.
0: Hence the piece's name, supplication.
3: It's It's, uh, erratic. The hole's puncturing the... um The walls of the kitchen and it's bringing the water into the space so this is symbolic of uh, the homeowner being fearing for clean water and um, uh, this chaotic arrangement of downspouts with inside the space uh, the kitchen space Um,
0: and underneath you have collecting water containers with uh,
3: red funnels Um, the downspouts are all white the walls and floor and all the appliances are painted uh, a deep blue
0: Using colors that implicate the nation, supplication is kids' commentary about contemporary environmental woes.
3: And this community here is more uh, lower income, and it's in Michigan. So I was thinking about the um, current water crisis in Flint, Michigan, and just kind of relating it to a broader conversation as far as how we collect waste and fear for the lack of clean water, and that, that it doesn't only impact impoverished or overpopulated third-world countries. It, it's as close as in proximity to our our own backyards. While
0: Kid's installation and Werner's project from the Rumsey Street House, their colleague Amelia Volweiler-Stanley's piece burrows within it. For her part in their collaboration, which they're calling inside-outside. Volweiler Stanley has occupied four interior rooms.
4: So the project that I did involved removing the walls first, mostly removing the plaster to reveal the lath
0: underneath. She then painted some of the lath work a lurid red. In other rooms, she whitewashed it.
4: I found the lath kind of fascinating because it became kind of
0: like journal lines in in a diary. With that prompt... Volweiler Stanley then proceeded to write on the horizontal wooden boards, alternating lines from the Stephen King story The Gingerbread Girl and lyrics by the southern blues and folk singer Lucinda Williams with passages from her own diary. Spindly flower bouquets cast in aluminum and suspended from the ceiling on red ropes complete the gothic effect. One of the four rooms is filled halfway up to the ceiling with the plaster removed from the walls. An aluminum bouquet emerges from the center of the debris, as if marking a grave. This house is,
4: I believe, circa 1890. And the way it's built, you can kind of tell that it was, it was built in a more amateurish way. So whoever was building it was, you know, they were, they were building their own home. So that person's sweat is in
0: that home. That person's spirit is there. In that way, through their labor, excavating the house's construction in her installation has fostered the artist's connection to the residents of the Rumsey Street community.
4: I, I have been thinking a lot about, you know, what my grandmother says about this project. Is, you know, these homes are going to be demolished. People, people lived there. People loved those homes. There's a
3: neighbor that lives across the street and he's been watching us do it and he comes over and talks to us all the time. Mm-hmm.
0: James Kidd.
3: One of the buildings is a church and Stan, the guy across the street, mm-hmm. <clears throat> he was talking about the history there. He says my son or daughter, I don't remember, was baptized there. I was married there. He was and, married there, yes. And uh, so he was talking about the history of the buildings and homes in the area. He's the lady that lived next lives next door or used to live next door to the house we're working on he used to shovel snow for her when yeah. she was in her 90s she would go out and do cut her own grass and so hearing some of those histories and then knowing that that history is no longer going to be there and then reinventing history for the whatever comes next yeah.
0: a lot of times what you get in cities and i'm sure you guys are all familiar with this is as soon as artists come into a derelict part of town Gentiles. Exactly. The, the next thing that's going to happen is you're going to get some guys coming in and setting up some antique shops, and then you're going to get some what used to be called yuppies coming in there mm-hmm. and buying places for real cheap and yeah. fixing them up. Yeah. So, in making a project here in a in a derelict home that's going to be demolished, how do you how do you know you, that you're part of the solution and not part of the problem? I'm sorry to put it that bluntly, but. It's almost like the artists are the first <laughs> the first sign that right. things are going to become very, very expensive and prohibitive for the community that they're mm-hmm. meant to be acknowledging.
3: For, at least for what I'm doing. I mean, I, drawing attention to the community and, and the, the struggles that a community might uh, have, especially in regards to water quality and things like that. Uh, doing things that way, yes, being an artist and having all these artists converge on this Grand Rapids can lead to that, and that's... the. Catch-22, but how, also how do you bring the, the, those kind of statements to the
2: conversation without being that artist being able to convey those messages? There's these goods and bads to gentrification, to the evolution or the changing of a space.
0: Dan Werner made the inflatable sculptures.
2: So having these these kind of beacons in the sky of these um, you know lost animals, these <laughs> um, symbols of the frontier. What we're accessing in this space for inspiration is that idea of changing, of evolving, of a landscape, that, that cycle or those waves that go through as we have moved west in North America or as the city changes in its population and then how it's torn down and then built back up.
0: Dan, James, and Amelia take comfort in knowing that after 400,000 visitors and 1,400 artists have come and gone for this year's art prize, this forlorn Grand Rapids neighborhood won't suddenly become luxury condos.
3: Well, we know it's Habitat for Humanity, and so we know, obviously, they work with um, more underprivileged neighborhoods, so.
2: This is like a big project for Habitat to do, where they're doing, that it's just one house that they're rehabbing or something like that. They're demolishing all of these houses within this, like, I guess one block radius. And then they're going to erect a whole neighborhood out of that with new houses mm-hmm. um, to replace those ones that they tore down, playgrounds, community center kind of things, and to encourage a, a more livable community.
0: One that maybe even an artist could afford to live in. The 8th annual Art Prize takes place September 21st through October 9th in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I'm Yael Cassander.